blessed new year to you guys. Welcome to the Free Mind Podcast. Season four, yo. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. Are the stars out tonight? I don't know if it's cloudy or bright. All right, well, it's been a minute. Long story short, we'll talk about it more in this season, probably at some point. But uh, your boy's been uh, going to going to renovation school, doing some uh, doing some manly work, <laughs> some demolition, some Long, building up. Hard uh, project. You know, that's the, the the thing that happens when you don't really know what you're doing is you end up having to redo things a lot. And so I got a lot of redoing uh, going on, but thankfully, uh, but it turned out great. Turned awesome. out great. So you see this uh, this this brick wall. If you're watching us on, on the YouTube, or, or even better yet, on Rumble, um, you'll see this brick wall that I took the plaster off with a jackhammer. That was just this is a little part of like the whole the whole house. So we'll show you guys more later. But eventually we'll have more back here. But we're phase one of the uh, of our little studio here mm-hmm. in our in our home. So yeah, but basically three months of that now we're 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 trying to get back at um hopefully uh hopping on more podcasts here in the so much to talk about lots crazy 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 stuff going on so but um we thought for this one we kind of give like a little bit just of an intro um maybe a summation where have we been i think season three we started where do we go from here i feel like we're still kind of in that conversation um so it's like maybe this will be an extension of of that of that topic more than anything but i was just thinking back and like you know you always reflect going into the new year True. so we're like we're getting into 2023 and i'm like man Gosh. you know we started this podcast i don't even remember was it 2018 19 something like that and how much has even happened since then and um you know i think you were saying this the other day, like we were on the phone with a friend last night and you were like, man, has it always been this crazy or like fair question? Yeah. What was your, Oh, you know, it's like things are being revealed and brought to light and you're like, man, has it always been this bananas or is it just that the social media and media outlets are highlighting it and people are becoming more um, aware of the crazy. Yeah. it yeah, does is it feel like, like it's a different is it like era. is it like is it something new or is it like you you moved a stone out right. of the way or like, <laughs> like in this renovation process I, I disturbed a nest true. of sorts and like this one guy was painting and this these wasps came out and attacked him. Yes. <laughs> you know, they had like been there that. for a while but they were hidden. You right. know, which which one is you going wonder, on here? I was wondering that. Yeah. And what is really going on? You know, there's there's so many uh, fault lines happening within the mm-hmm. Christian world. So many things happening outside of the the quote unquote. I mean, there's nothing really outside of God's world, but outside yeah. of the church world, there's there's all these kinds of things mm-hmm. happening as well. So it can be hard to know like where do we go from here? What do we do if you don't know where we are, where we're at? Like on the map, like you, yeah. you just you don't want to like do we go left, right, east, west, north, south? You know, well it depends on where we are and it depends on where we're going. So the craziness of this time has really, I think, made us 
reconsider our theology in a lot of ways. Like it's, it's taken us deeper and deeper, um, to more of the core issues, I think, um, of like, what is, what is the mission of the church? Like, Mm -hmm. what is God doing in the earth? What does it mean? What does the great commission really mean? Is it, is it just souls? Like, are we just to, you know, rescue people off this sinking ship and maybe at best, are we to help them, um, you know, develop peace and and patience Mm -hmm. and and the fruits of the spirit? Um, is that the extent of it or, should it impact marriage should impact education should it impact civil government like what are all those things it's made us really rethink that um and so we started i think hitting on those issues last season a little bit but i think i want to even expand that and, and drill down on some of those things this season in a even more detailed manner and so um we're we're we have been on this journey as well. Like it's made us rethink our thinking in some areas, some things it's kind of confirmed other things. It's like, okay, we, we, I was, you know, I was on this kind of position, but I moved over here to this. Um, always trying to see what does God say about this and then, uh, and then trying to apply that to the situation we're in. So anyways, uh, Nerva had been reading this book. Uh, she's, she's been in the CS Lewis book clubs over the past few years. And you guys started reading one called the abolition of man. Yes. I'm a huge CS Lewis fan, not an expert, but a lover (laughs) of his writing and his books. And I just love his, his ability to, um, see into the future and look at different movements and, Mm. and, and, can kind of tell where they lead and what the end outcome is of these various things that were like popular in his day that seemed like trends, but he could foresee, okay, this leads to this and this is why this is important. Yeah. And so this book. He's a very gifted thinker, like oh, prophetic, wow. not in the, not in the prophetic sense, like of that term, like you would see in the Bible where God's, you know, yeah. giving revelation Christian, from heaven, yeah. but like prophetic in the sense that he could, um, see like he would be at at letter b and he could see q or or r or s down down the alphabet like where is where are these ideas coming from where they leading to to? for sure he was a gifted um thinker like that and really did foresee a lot of what we're going through now and that's why many people like this book keeps coming back up here's here's our little copy of it if you can you can see it here um and interestingly enough the the subtitle of it is kind of, you know, this is how they used to write. This is funny because it says the abolition of man or reflections on education with special reference to the teaching of English and the upper forms of school. Upper (laughs) forms of school. Gosh. Um, Their subtitles were uh, a little bit more, uh, I I don't know if they'd work in this TikTok generation. You you might lose someone by, you know, word four on that subtitle, but what, what was going on? He was seeing something that was happening at the level of education with the primary schools that he said, man, if they, if these kids are influenced by this, it's going to lead to the abolition of man, the Mm -hmm. actual like deleting of the nature of man down the road. And I think, was this essays originally? Was it lectures? Yeah, from a couple lectures, essays, and it's a response to uh, a children's book that these, his peers had written. And so there were some ideas in that book that he he could foresee yeah. if this catches on and spreads yes it could be it, and yeah basically yeah. some some of the, like the ideas in here and we're not going to do like a deep dive on this particular book today because we, we 
it would be worth it in the future, but I think we're just going to kind of lay out some of the broad themes and try to quickly apply it to some things that are, that are going on to give us a better idea mm-hmm. of like what he saw and how this book is so relevant right now. It keeps coming up. Like I said, like everybody's bringing it up cause it's so relevant. Um, so you know, if it was the green book or something that he was responding to something called the green book or, or I can't remember what it was called, but basically, uh, one of the examples early on in the book that he's talking about is somebody, I think somebody's looking at a waterfall mm-hmm. and they see the waterfall and they say, man, this waterfall is sublime, sublime or yeah. something like this. Like, this is an amazing waterfall. And the guys in the, that are educating the kids are saying, well, there's really, the waterfall isn't sublime. You're having, you're projecting, uh, that uh, you're onto projecting the, yeah. sublimity onto the waterfall. So what they did in that, in that movement, they were subjectivizing um, beauty and saying, no, beauty is only in the eye of the beholder. And you'll hear that mm-hmm. phrase often. Well, on the, on the heels of that, what, what Lewis is saying, like throughout this book, apparently they were subjectivizing the three great, you know, I don't know if you call it, not the trivium, but the thing that people talk about is, uh, truth, goodness, and beauty. Mm-hmm. So they were really subjectivizing reason itself and, um, aesthetics itself, um, and even morality. So those three, those three, fundamental things of philosophy and he said you know basically if you do this you're going to get rid of man he he had this concept he talked about called the Tao Mm -hmm. and he used that term just briefly I think it was a was it a Chinese term or something that he borrowed I'm not sure about the uh the history of the term um but it was he he didn't want to necessarily use he 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 correlated it to what we sometimes call natural law in Christian theology um, or just, you know, traditional morality. But he didn't want to use those terms. One one reason was brevity, like the Tao is just simple to say. It's quick, one syllable word. But another reason was to emphasize the universality of Mm -hmm. it. To say this isn't this isn't merely for um, Christians or church people. Right. Like the Tao was something that um, it relates to every human being right even outside of christianity that the the natural law or the uh, objectivizing of of just values was written on people's conscience and that yeah. in different cultures and different um, expressions people had a sense of right and wrong yes and that's what we see really in romans one and two right paul yeah. says that that's that's become a part of Christian theology was that like we, you know, God's invisible attributes, his characteristics yeah. are, are clearly perceived by what he's created. Mm-hmm. And then I think it's, uh, I forget which verse in Romans two, but he talks about the, the law being written on the yeah, heart, even of the yeah. Gentiles. So there's that, that part where God's existence is made clear, his nature is made clear. And because that, like we can discern certain things about our natures being made in his image. Mm-hmm. Um, and even the moral law itself being written on the heart of people who don't necessarily like the Gentiles who didn't necessarily have special revelation, quote unquote, from God, um, this general revelation could be found. And that's what Lewis, in essence, captures by the Tao. Some people um, have kind of summarized because he has a really philosophical definition that he gives. Oh, gosh. And I could barely follow it. <laughs> I've read it 10 times. And right. It's just so yeah. philosophical yes. and beyond. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beyond me. But it, it does. He he does a the first he's got three chapters in the book and the first chapter is called the way the second is uh, i think men without chest and Mm. then the third chapter is the abolition of man and by the end of the third chapter it's like it's it's so brilliant and he's just really making the case for 
what you're capturing here, like what you're expressing, what he calls the the rational universality yeah. of objective values that yes. got embedded into yep. the universe. Yeah, yeah, the exactly the objective rational, yeah. and those those both of these points are important: the objective rational and moral order, like order. you said, okay, yeah, embedded in the universe. Embedded. So it's like this cosmos, this ordered realm that God mm-hmm. created, and some some people have tied that. Uh, uh, many people have tied that to the logos, like. This okay. idea that in the beginning was the word, the Lagos, and the Lagos was God. He was with God, and the Lagos was God. The Lagos became flesh and dwelt among us. Like wow. this oral, yeah. somehow this this order in the cosmos was actually attached to the nature of Christ. Like people have sort of cashed that out. But the idea here is that that God made these creational norms um, that every human being to some level can perceive yes. and they suppress those in un- unrighteousness Ooh, is boy. the testimony of Romans about fallen man. And so <clears throat> what, what, what Lewis was pointing out though, was he said something unique was happening in his time yeah. that he said hadn't happened really in Western civilization and maybe not even in the history of the world. He said what what was going on was this Tao, this object, this this rational and moral order embedded in the cosmos, was starting to be rejected wholesale. Um, and he saw that at the level of education, it hadn't yet bloomed and affected the whole of society. <clears throat> Yeah. But what he pointed out, he began to begin to say, man, if you take this viewpoint, if you relativize beauty, if you relativize reason, here's what it leads to. It leads to this awful picture. And so I, I would leave it like if you have a chance to read this book yeah. and really wrestle with it, it's really worth going through. Um, but why is why is that so important? Because Lewis was saying that even even the pagans lived what he called like within the Tao, like um non-Christian religions. He argues that even like Hindus and and Muslims, like to a degree, they, they kept elements of that. Like there was still an objective kind of thing. And, um, and there were subjectivists and relativists in history, that kind of thing. But he, he, he really caches the idea that what was going on in, in, in this time in England was planting the seeds that could actually destroy Western Ooh, civilization. Some like in a really an existential threat, not just an ideological threat, um, and not merely a, a threat to biblical Christianity. Like this is this if if adopted, yeah. he said it will completely destroy Western civilization. Hmm. So now, okay, put that on the shelf for a second. We we were listening to um, Canon Plus app, and by the way, like I'm, we're they're not a sponsor or anything like that. But I would say if you can do one streaming service this year, like cancel your Disney Plus if you need to, <laughs> if you don't have the money, or cancel your Netflix and get Canon Plus, and watch their videos with your family, discuss it because they're really yeah, putting out incredible content on these types of issues. But they um, they recently posted this the, a conference it was called the negative world okay they had yeah. three speakers and the first speaker is a guy named aaron wren and he basically lays out these three stages that he saw in kind of recent american history okay so the first stage he calls positive world then neutral world then negative world so he says positive world basically captured by the picture of the 1950s and positive world 
you know, you may have people rejecting certain elements of particular Christian doctrine, like they might not believe in the virgin birth or, you know, they might, they might kind of balk at, you know, the exclusivity of Christ. But by and large, during that time, Christianity was still, still seen and viewed by the public as a positive element in society. Like a churchman, a good churchman was still looked up to as like, oh yeah, he's a, he's a good Christian. and, and, And that was a respected positive thing. Jeez. He said okay. about 19, he, he locates the shift to the neutral world in about 1994. And he says about 94, we shifted into neutral world, which he describes as basically Christianity became one of many options, like on a buffet, a religious buffet, okay. sort of like the pluralistic idea <clears throat> in, um, that now you like uh, Christianity. It's not, it's not Take really like a yeah. positive thing, but it's not negative. It's just, it's like, okay, you like, um, you know, you like cold brew, which is terrible, by the way. Uh, I like, you know, lattes. Yeah. It's all good. Okay. And we co- we coexist. You know, it's the coexist okay. bumper yeah. sticker. Neutral. Okay. So that's neutral world. And he said we were there basically roughly till about 2014. He locates Obergefell, the passing of same-sex marriage, is sort of the, the time the around when it shifted to negative world. And so Aaron Wren, like he makes the case that from around that time, Christianity not only began to be seen as like a neutral kind of like unique option among many, but now it became, you started to be seen as a really negative force, a negative moral force. So, and he gives the example like, you know, if you were to put like, I'm a strong Christian on your resume in Silicon Valley, that would probably keep you from getting the job. Ooh, um, or it would, it would, it would hurt your chances right. rather than help oh them. My. It wouldn't even be neutral. So is, is, is Silicon Valley and, and that Hollywood and that stuff has started to influence more and more of just regular American society. That mentality has kind of spread. And now Christianity becomes seen as bigoted and racist and nationalist and all these types yeah. of things. Um, so so that's does that make sense so far Mm -hmm. those those three classifications positive to neutral to negative world and we're now living in the negative yes and he illustrates it with three examples of presidents and i forget which which in the positive world it was like they had to hide um this one maybe it wasn't a president but it was a governmental official maybe it was a president i can't remember anyways they had to hide his affair because they knew it would hurt his political chances if he was found out. He said, like, fast forward to the neutral world with Bill Clinton. There was still, like, a scuffle about it, but it was, like, he basically recovered from it, even though he did this thing publicly in the White House and was still basically fine politically. Um, To fast forwarding, he, he uses Trump as, like, the paradigmatic example of this guy's been married three times, you know, this thing. And, you know, people didn't bat an eye, like, even those... Hollywood tapes came out a few days for election. He still won. Mm -hmm. And he said that was a bit ironic because the people that really served to undermine the Dow were the people that hated his election the most. Mm -hmm. So the very thing they worked toward was the very thing that ironically came back to bite them (laughs) in the end. But anyways, so he illustrated the shift in, in, in this kind of movement with those three cases now, the guy that got up to speak after him actually offered what I think was a good clarification of Aaron's thing. So he was talking about Christianity, basically the positive, neutral, and negative world toward Christianity. And some of the pushback he was getting from some people was that, you know, well, the Christianity's always been seen as negative in the world, right? Because Christ says, you know, in this world, they will hate you. 
this and that. So like basically it's always been negative. Like there was no positive and neutral. That was just an illusion was one of the, one of the pushbacks that he was getting. But I think we all recognize that something has shifted, especially in America. So what, what is that thing? Even though that is true, like real, real genuine Christianity is often most often doesn't fit in the world, in the fallen world of man. Um, but there, it has been a shift. So the second guy, when he clarified, he said, really what, what the major shift was when it shifted into negative world was not the particular Christian doctrines that were coming under fire. It was the Tao. Hmm. So he said the rejection of the Tao that finally came into bloom, what Lewis saw in the abolition of man finally, like it's like a, so he's using that same yeah, he's using definition yeah, of, yeah. Okay. So basically, where like in, in a the thing, universality of objective values and truth. Yes, built into what, the creation okay. itself. So the creational norms. Oh, yes. Okay, I see what you're so, saying. So he, in essence, he says like you know, whereas in the fifties you might have some mainline Presbyterians who would like make fun of you for still believing in the virgin birth or okay. think you were kind of like small minded because you held that Christ was the only way to to God and heaven. Um, now the shift was you're seen as a bigot because you think a girl is actually a girl. Jeez. Yeah. So that's, that's a shift. What he's saying there is like, they have now the, the rejection is broader than a particular Christian doctrine. Gotcha. It's the whole, now it is a Christian norm. doctrine of the creational norms, but okay. it's the, it's the norms that most of at least Western civilization and, and according to Lewis, maybe most of man throughout history have held to. They've but come now, and they've dug ooh. that up and thrown that aside. If you want to grow in your confidence in knowing what you believe and why you believe it, if you want to ground your faith in biblical Christianity and step into who God has called you to be, I want to tell you about a great program put on by Impact 360, and it's called Propel. Propel is a one-week transformational leadership and discipleship experience where high school students gather together to be grounded in a biblical worldview as they learn how to follow Jesus, have a godly influence, learn how to disciple their peers, and boldly live out their faith in their daily lives. So they're having two sessions this summer. The first one is June 19th through the 25th, and the second one is June 26th through July 2nd. These programs fill up really quickly, and I promise you, you will not be disappointed. So we'll put the link below if you're interested in looking into it. And we'll see you this summer. Indeed. And so now, okay. if you're holding to those um, quote-unquote traditional morals or natural Biblical law or the Tao. Oh boy, okay. You are, you are in conflict with the, this major movement that has been, it's been going that direction for a while. So these seeds, he was dealing with this stuff. I, I can't remember when this book was the written. 40s, was I was the forties, 1940s? Something like that. I think so. But th this was already being taught back then. But what we've just experienced in the last three years is it caught fire like a, like a wild, like a, like a California wildfire and just went through the trees like it went through government now like like whereas before you um it, it you know you wouldn't have companies that were openly quote-unquote woke yeah um so like it would have been weird like yeah. to have victoria's secret models like as christians we would have we would have we would have um we would rightfully have spoken against victoria's secret all along right because mm -hmm. it's just it's 
it's an affront to God's order. It's it's selling sex. But we would have thought it odd for them to begin to highlight like an overweight woman yeah. or a man that is pretending to be a woman or whatever it might be. So that's the new part of it. Like, so, so this, what he points out this other, and I can't remember the guy's name offhand in the negative world, but he said, um, you know, there, there in, in American history, there are times when we weren't faithful to the Dow quote unquote. Okay. So Absolutely. you had yeah. like, you know, you had slavery, you had Jim Crow. That was a, that was a, um, it was it was a, hip, a hypocritical disobedience mm-hmm. to what should have been cl- made clear by the image of God and that doctrine and the the kind of equality and dignity that God bestows on every human being. But you still had the Tao to appeal to. Absolutely, to help. Fight so the founding fathers the were, in in a sense, hypocritical, but they still were operating within the Tao. They were still operating within this sort of natural yeah. law framework. And Not then perfectly. Martin Luther King could later come along and appeal to that and hold them to that and say, be consistent mm-hmm. with that. But the difference is now is they've used those past sins to actually like destroy. like almost a tool or weapon to destroy the entire framework. Ooh. And so that was like, I think that's what we didn't see. Like that that's why you get some Christians be like, well, things have always been bad they don't understand the fundamental shift that took place. There's a major difference between not living up to the Tao and, and then rejecting the Tao altogether. altogether. Whoa. And that's what Lewis, that's what Lewis's point was. Like if you get rid of this, you lose everything. Like you, mm. there's nothing to appeal to. You are in this dark world in the midst of nothing. And all you have then is a nightmare of power plays. Mm-hmm. You have the, the world economic forum basically mm-hmm. And this elite system where they 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 see you know the the leading, um, quote unquote elite thinkers like Yuval Noah Harari see human beings as basically bi- biochemical bags that you can just treat like like a like a mouse, um, and then you can basically socially engineer them, you can hack them toward whatever end you think um, is your utopian vision. And so, and, and, and you can say nothing against that because you can't appeal to things like, no, human beings have dignity and pre-political rights to life and we have worth. No, not, not if the Tao's gone. If there is no objective order that's built into the cosmos, then you, there's nothing for Martin Luther King to appeal to, mm. to argue for civil rights. Mm for any ethnicity. Mm-hmm. And so what these guys have done, it's kind of a genius move, you know, a wicked genius, but it's, it's a genius move to use those things where, where America has fallen, fallen short, short as a wedge. Way. And that's what BLM, that was the brilliance of, of BLM. I think they took this slogan that sort of came like borrowed from a, a Christian worldview that we, that we think that, for instance, black lives matter because all human lives matter. Mm -hmm. And it's this idea, like be consistent, like, so they're appealing to that. But really once you dig into the organization, you learned that it was driven. It was just Marxism 
repackaged. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to get rid of the free market. They wanted to tear down the nuclear family. Um, well, Ooh. man, what was the worldview behind that? Well, when you when you understand it, and they, they even claim to be trained Marxists, well, they were trying to deconstruct the social order that was in place and reconstruct another one to equal out power dynamics. And in doing so, um, you know, thoroughgoing Marxism tends to be atheistic and communism tends to, to reject the Tao and, and rework the whole system in terms of these equal outcomes and this mm-hmm. radical egalitarian system. And so that was the trick they played. And many, many Christians, unfortunately, bought into it as well. I didn't see it coming for whatever yeah. reason. Um, and I think now people, thankfully, are, are kind of waking up to that. But I, I don't think still that they're seeing the the other cases where, where that's happening. Um, and speaking of the World Economic Forum, so this is uh, their their yearly conference, Davos, Switzerland. Okay, I didn't um, they just had. I think they're either either having it now or just had it last week. The biggest attendance of world leaders to date. Jeez. Um, and okay. if you're not familiar with that, you know you can get online and, and do a little um, research on this thing. But Klaus Schwab is is one of the you know kind of spokespersons leader. He he looks like a a Star Wars classic uh, character, yeah. Character and um, or a, you know I don't know. And a just German listening to him dictator. speak, it's like what in the world? Who? Yeah. Where is he from? It's like it's very interesting. His worldview is scary, and it's definitely godless and sounds. Um, you know, that's the thing. There's another book that C.S. Lewis wrote called uh, Screw Tape Letters and in the beginning of the chapter he says you know don't don't um, it's a book about a head uh, trainer trying to train his little devil on how to trick Christians and he said you know don't don't present what's um, true present what's clever and what catches on what's Mm. what's trendy that's what's going to lead people and I think that's what's happening today these slogans and these worldviews I think at first they appeal to you know they're 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 clever sounding but if you don't really look into them and really see what it leads to here's an example of that Um, if you remember like the Biden's platform and and many of the Democrats a few years ago they kept saying build back better build back better that was a world economic forum slogan that they were many of the world leaders were parroting that phrase so you want to you want you we should have asked like what do they mean build Uh, what and what does better mean right because right now there's a lot of rebuilding and building it's it's bananas and so so they their their utopian vision they are building is is very much godless so if you listen to these guys like Yuval Harari he he calls you know god it's it's kind of goofy but he calls the resurrection Fake fairy news, tale. And fairy, fairy tales, tale, yeah. and God is fake news. We don't want some God in the clouds. He says we, we don't. Want, he or, says we don't need a right. God we don't need I'm some like, God dude. in the cloud. We we have the cloud, the iCloud, or whatever. You know, he, he they want to transhumanists. You know, they're very much like another book. Lewis hacking wrote, human beings, right? Through called, data, uh, yeah. The kind of the um, fictional version of Abolition of Man is oh, a book gosh. called That Hideous Strength, and it's part yes. three of the space trilogy, and it's basically these guys are right out of that book. Yeah. Like he really saw this coming. And so um, I think we are at that point now where you have this this post-Christian um, radical weird mix of science and the occult and world true, leaders that true. that um, if it wasn't right there, you would think it was baseless conspiracy theory. But you mm-hmm. really can go look it up. And, and though they use veiled language, it's clear, like the more you understand of where they're coming from, they're coming from a godless framework. They are basically using um 
like I said, these these Christian terms to undermine mm-hmm. the Tao and the creational norms so that they can recreate, remold all of reality in this image that they have that they think is utopia. Yep. That, that. And the crazy part is, so so one of the guys, and I can't remember if he passed recently or not, but Larry Fink was um, like the leader of BlackRock Entertainment. Okay. They he was apparently the, the wealthiest man, trillions, and the the wealthiest one individual in all the world. BlackRock has control over basically every everything. Everything, like every every big business, you, every big corporation, you can look back, and most of them are connected with this, this okay, BlackRock Black thing. Rock, and he was on the board of the World Economic Forum. Okay. So these ideas, like whenever you see these slogans, build back better, um, even the way they were doing with the Ukraine stuff, all that stuff was connected to these guys that have a vision. So it's you need to ask, like, what is that vision? They What are they deconstructing, and what are they trying to build in its place? Mm-hmm. And that's that's what we we've got to understand. I think that this concept that Lewis lays out in the Abolition Man is is like he nailed it in the 40s. True. We've seen the blooming of it. So when you ask, you know, man, has it been like this? Yeah, it has been like this for a while. I think we're we're seeing it come out more and more now for whatever reason. It's um it's being made more more present. Um, we're being made more aware of it, whether it's through the internet and just all these people that are exposing this stuff, but. It's becoming more clear. And so I think as as Christians, we first of all we want to discern mm. like what is that thing? We we've seen now that that basically they okay, the deconstruction process has happened societally. Like the the everything's demolished. It's just we drove by this uh junkyard the other day. Remember that? Yeah. And like that's that's society right now. So Ooh. Um, what are we going to do with it? Well, yeah. there's a few things. I, th- I think we do still have to sort of like red pill people and make mm-hmm. them aware of it. You know, we have to like the help battle. them see like, yeah. okay, um, here's what's going on just in case you're not aware. Because sometimes we just, we're in our own world, we're doing our own thing. We have to be alerted. Like we ring the bell, we say, here's what's going on. And then you have to say, well, here's here's the ideas and the and the circumstances that led to this place. But you can only do that so long, right? Without just getting discouraged and angry. Like if that's all, if that's as far as you go, it's shown. Well, another thing happened. Another drag queen show came to town. Yeah. Well, another election was stolen. You know, it just it kind of like it really can can just take the wind out of you. Yeah. And we can become Christians who are just upset, angry all the time. Or just kind of like give up and, and just play video games and hope that Jesus comes back soon or that, you know, whatever, we die in our sleep and, and go on to glory. Um, or we just, you know, withdraw from society completely. But, you know, it's it's that's that's the challenge is like, yeah. how do you really build in this time? Like, wh- what do we do? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and I. One thing I remember in the book, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure I'm butchering it, but like we have to remember that, um, be aware that progress isn't always progress in the mm. sense that culture is receiving it. You know, progress can be just change, yeah. but not necessarily a good move forward. And be, be um, discerning in that rejecting the Tao, quote unquote, doesn't remove the Tao. Right. You know, God is still God. He is still on the throne. You can reject him. Doesn't mean that he. And so that's that's a great point. Reality 
is reality. reality. It has a is nature. Reality. And what happens when you reject it is not that you actually change it, is that it ends up, you end up running into it. You will run into it. And I think we probably need to be there for those who have rejected it and then they will run into reality and hit a brick wall and um, we hold the answers as Christians yeah. who understand how God created the universe, how it is, our identity is in him and, and the awareness that, you know, um, I've, I've read studies that children are being taught in public schools that they were probably birthed in the wrong body, that there's a rejection of, of God's creational norms. And so, um, it's catching on. Parents are even taking kids to these drag queen shows and things like that. But I think if if the body of Christ continues to hold on to his truth, to be there to to hold the answers and to just walk in his light yeah. and continue. And just because darkness is present doesn't mean the light goes out. Yeah. We have to continue to walk in the light and hold the truth and just spread it. Yeah. Be the light, you know, and it's it's. It's not fun. It's not, it's hard at times, but you know, we are, um, sometimes being a Christian means, um, standing and in Mm. that you are pushing back the darkness, even as you just stand in Christ. And so it's, it's crazy times, but you know, I get discouraged sometimes too, but I have to remember like, you know, God is, is, um, on the throne and we are living in God's universe for such a time as this to see how God will use us mm. in these times to to be aware, A, to be a light, B, to hold the answers, to walk in his light and his power and his love and to discern and to be available. Yeah, that's great, baby. I think I think you're right about that. And, you know, um <sighs> I think, uh, yeah, so with with dealing with that, yeah. with with the rejection of the doubt, I think it helps to understand because some, some Christians, I think we've we made a tactical mistake. And I, I might have said this in a previous podcast recently, but, um, you know, it's it's like when you when you're playing basketball. And, you know, the, they're playing a zone defense, but you're running a man to man offense. Okay. Um, you're just running the wrong offense to, and you're not going to do as well. Like when they're playing a zone defense, you have certain offense okay. structures that you want to run against that that are going to enable you to score better. Okay. I think as Christians, we've been oh, like, oh, well, yeah. they're not, you know, we're, we're just gospel centered. So we're just there, you know, we're going to go out there and proclaim the gospel. We're not going to worry about the culture wars. Oof. And so what they don't understand is um, what's going on is different than the, what they're responding to. The, 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 the campaign right now in our culture is not so much to tear down the specific nature of the gospel, mm-hmm. of the good news of Christ. What they're tearing down is the very background that the gospel can even be heard against. So the Tao is what's there, like it's God's creational norms that show us who he is, who we are, and that we've fallen short of it. Mm. And they're the, they're the things that inform society building so that you can even have something to then know that, man, okay, we need Christ and it's grace because we've, we've, um, we've basically sinned against this order of God in the earth. Um, so you can't even... Um, you can't even um, really understand the gospel if you've allowed the Tao to be rejected, oh and that's what Lewis it's said. You, like you can't, you can't, um, you can't give the the prescription if you don't have the diagnosis. 
Like, what are you being saved yeah. from? You know, it's like, okay. so, so if you think like you can, you can hide and being gospel centered from the war, it's not possible. Mm. The, the, the Tao, like if you lose that, you lose the whole structure upon which the gospel fits worldviewishly. So it's, it's almost like saying like, I don't, I don't, I'm not worried so much if people believe in God or not. I'm just going to preach Jesus. Hmm, that's real deep. Um, well, if God doesn't exist, what is the nature of Jesus? Like, you know what I'm saying? So sure. it's like, it doesn't okay. make any sense. Like, um, even, even from a logical consistency place, if, if you, if you lose the Tao, if you lose the embedded rational moral nature then there's no structure that can actually hold the good news because it's with it's heard within the context of that worldview. Okay. Gotcha. So there and there's there are lots of more things that that in addition to that is the existential threat. It it undermines everything that you can even the order that you can even build things on. And so, mm-hmm. um, like you said, we what we're called to a time is this. What, what do we do? You know, in this moment, and that's where that's where kind of like I'm shifting. Now, like as a matter of emphasis, so like where where I might have been spending like 80 percent of my time, like just exposing and just talking about here's what's going on. I think we still have to do that some. But as far as like the amount, I'm going to lessen that and then talk about more on the positive side of like, okay, how do we since the deconstruction process is happening and happened pretty much like what are we going to build now? Hmm. Um, Because sometimes the greatest really and i've noticed this even with my family like people that have been impacted by the rejection of the Tao and its fruits because what it does it destroys people destroys societies it destroys individuals um so they're a walking mess um, but they see a family functioning not perfectly because none of us are perfect right but they see a family functioning more or less within the Tao Mm. because they've been redeemed by christ and because of that redemption, they look to those principles of creation and God's mm-hmm. God's commands to live their lives by. And when they live their lives by that, it tends to bear good fruit and flourish. Yeah. Yeah, so they yeah. look at a family like that and they see something that's right about it. Yeah. They see something beautiful about it. They, you know, that's really they, they, they encounter someone who does business from a truly biblical perspective. And so it's excellent it's good it's solid it's honest it's integral and there's something right about that yeah or they might even in, encounter you know believe it or not a politician <laughs> who says no jesus is king of kings which yeah. means he's actually king over politics as well yeah and so i'm gonna do my politics from that perspective and there's something that even an unbeliever who's rejected the Tao because That's of the good. image imprinted on their soul can still say man um, there's something to that. Yeah. So I think that the, that while we're exposing things, now we got to get busy building, True. um, and get busy, like raising up the next generation. And I think even Jared Longshore, who we started with in season three, where do we go from here? Yeah. He, he, had, he recently put out a good blog and, you know, for him, he gave seven steps, like seven steps. What are we going to do? And the first step was like, get your kids out of government schools. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's true. He says And that. so, you know, cause basically, I mean, step. yeah, yeah. And that's a whole nother episode, but you know, th- that's what Lewis was dealing with in this book. Like he was talking about a primary school book. I think it was mm-hmm. primary or high school or something like that, but it was, 
he was like, man, if we're educating, we are educating these children to not have chess, as he called it. Mm-hmm. Um, and you cannot live. Yeah. You will get rid of mankind. The very mm-hmm. nature of mm-hmm. man will be abolished. And so our, we have to understand that our government schools basically, even if you get the CRT out of it, like there's there's so much rot in the very essence Boy. of the curriculum they've been teaching for years. And so I think um, he's probably right about that. We need to do a longer episode on that. But basically we what we want to begin to think about is like, okay, while we're exposing this stuff, what do we build from here? How do we plan biblically? Um, yeah. and, and, and then begin to execute those things in 2023. It's going to be a, probably slow, small beginnings, Yeah. but, um, that's where we can start. Did you have something to add to that? Yeah. I think that that attempt to, um, rebuild is, is internal on a personal level where people are, I think I sense people desiring, um, like things like the fruits of the spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, those things, but rejecting the spirit, the Holy Spirit. So there's an opportunity to say, okay, here's, here's why we desire these things. We're created mm. this way. And here's the source. But wait, the source is, is the creator, the source, the sustainer. And so um, I think there's an opportunity. And then on a, on a big scale is just understanding that, that people want um, goodness in, in culture and in, in our, in our nation. And so you can't have your cake, (laughs) you know, you got to understand that, you know, this is, this is God's house. And so you can't reject God's house and try to rebuild it on your own terms. And so that's an oversimplification of it. But then in essence, I feel like that's what people are attempting to do. Reject yeah. God, but yet want his benefits. Well, because ultimately the rejection of the Tao is the rejection of God. of God. I mean, it goes back to the garden, right? Ooh, we yeah. we want to be God. We want to be God. And I think the extreme, um, the extreme place to where you eventually get to on that road to autonomy yeah. is rejecting his order. Mm. I want to, I want to recreate the order in my image. Yeah. And so it's in, in a sense, in that sense, it's really not new. Yeah. But I think what's new about it is for it to catch on to that degree and, media, and to yeah. get, to get pushed through these institutions and just shoved down our throat day yeah. after day. And so we can't, this isn't a battle we can opt out of, but we do have to figure out, okay, what's, what's the wise way to to overcome in this moment? Because it's not always, one of the things they pointed out in that conference is, you know, head to head combat with a stronger opponent Mm -hmm. is not always wise. And what they meant by that was like, okay, what did they mean? You know, you know, when communism comes in, the one man versus the state, you know, the the communism crushes the one man like you sometimes you have to think more um, strategically. And we know that God is greater and he's stronger, you know, greater is he who's in us than he's that's in the world. world. But but in, in on another hand, like you don't want to go. You know, for instance, if America had faced uh, the British army just in head to head all all in the American Revolution, they would have got blasted. You know, they had to figure out new ways. Um, There was there's all kinds of um, things where where even in scripture, like, 
you know, he had got, you had strategy and you had ways and you had, you had to have God with you. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like when you're taking on the culture war, you don't want to just go out there and think, man, I'm going to take on YouTube by myself or I'm going to take sure. on Spotify. Like it's going to take some mm-hmm. prayer. It's going to take some coming together of the body, some figuring out like, uh, how do we respond now that we're in negative world, uh, from a place of spirit empowered wisdom, um, can't but we can't opt out we have to know understand what we're up against understand the battle. have clarity of the nature of the the attack and to stand at that point and, and win the battle so Amen. that's hopefully what we we'll get into more in this season so thank you guys for uh you know just coming back and being with us i know we've we, we took a couple months off so we appreciate you coming back and, and giving it a listen uh if you can go ahead and uh subscribe it helps us you know continue to get the word out um help us promote it on social media whatever hop on we might actually get on a twitter that's another story i might Boy. get back on a twitter oh, so. gosh. but for now you can catch us on on the gram at uh Fremont fm and uh yeah we'll see you guys soon uh-huh.